The Baltimore Ravens make a statement against the San Francisco 49ers, and Lamar Jackson made one too and made an example out of his haters, namely Mike Florio. We talk about how Lamar felt about the comments and why he took the disrespect personally. All that and more coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker. Ravens, we're here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here and making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes in video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows and podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by... Game time, download the game time app, create an account, use code lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Really appreciate everybody being here today, and I'm really hopeful that you had a very Merry Christmas. And the Ravens certainly made it better if you're a Ravens fan with that 33 to 19 drubbing of the 49ers. The box score and the final score make it look a lot closer than it was. We're going to talk about all that here today. If you didn't catch the live show we did right after the game, I know it was late. The game ended pretty late. Be sure to check that out over on the channel as well or on your audio feed if you listen in audio form. We are a five-day week Ravens podcast, though. So Monday through Friday, we'll bring you that Ravens content. Plus, after every Ravens game, we go live for an instant reaction episode. We go live for big Ravens news. Tell a friend, tell a family member. You can subscribe in video form or audio form. Be sure to like the video on YouTube as well. It all helps me out a lot. And we bring you that best daily Ravens content. Now, a lot of storylines came out of that Ravens 49ers game. There were plenty. The Ravens snatching the, the best team in the NFL title from the 49ers. Lamar Jackson snatching the MVP from Brock Purdy, right? But the one that I was I was going to go with the MVP like conversation, I was going to make that the lead here. We're going to make that the lead tomorrow. Today, I, I have to address this whole thing with Mike Florio in a bit more detail. We've kind of talked about it over the past couple of episodes here. We did one on Friday talking about how the Ravens somehow continue to be the most disrespected team in the league, despite them and having everything. Well, that was that. It was Monday show. Apologies. Friday show. We did a little preview of the 49ers game. But Monday we did that for yesterday. And then last night we talked about the Ravens and, and everything the haters had said. But Lamar Jackson really, really took this Mike Florio thing seriously. And I don't blame him. I do not blame him. The Ravens were made aware of it, apparently. Lamar Jackson took exception. The Ravens players took exception. I'm sure the whole Ravens organization took exception. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson because he was out for blood on Mike Florio after this game. He, you know, multiple references, tweeted about him. We're going to talk about what he said and why he took this so personally. And again, I do not blame him one bit and kind of get into the disrespect because Lamar dunked on him. He buried him too. It was kind of crazy. We'll also get into a 49ers Ravens recap, obviously breaking that down as well. Plus, we will get into the Lamar MVP conversation too. So let's talk about it all here now on Locked on Ravens. With this Mike Florio thing, I'll first bring up the, the quote or at least part of it here. I put it out and it got a lot of it. To, well, multiple people did. I was just one of the people who did. But my tweet, other people's tweet, tweets, it got a lot of attention here. So Mike Florio on his show, he essentially said the 49ers kick the 
bleep. Well, not we're a family-friendly show here. I'm not going to curse, but kick the out of the Ravens. I'm sorry. I know that that's disrespectful to the Ravens, but let's be realistic. The 49ers are going to dismantle the Ravens. If it's a Super Bowl preview, the Super Bowl's going to suck. And he was very aggressive in doing this. Honestly, came out of nowhere. And it's been this thing with the Ravens where there's been some level of disrespect in multiple different ways across the national media this year. I made it very clear yesterday. I'm really proud of what I'm doing here on Locked on Ravens and what other Ravens content creators are doing who are, who are solely focused on the team because we are able to, again, dive deep into the tape. And, and again, some national media members do a good job of this, but when you have all this stuff to cover, how much attention can you put on one team? I think that San Francisco has kind of been one of the NFL's darlings this season. And the Ravens just been, oh, well, they have suffered a bunch of weird wins and then have had ugly losses. Lamar's not throwing for 300 yards a game. We're not gonna, we're not gonna pay attention to him for some reason. I don't know. But they were getting talked about, Mike Florio in particular, Manuel Acho's done it, Shannon Sharp's done it. Again, it was like they were a, a three and eleven football team instead of eleven and three. And what did they do? They went out there and they stomped San Francisco in their building, in their stadium, in their city, and they walked out of there as the best team in the NFL. There was no doubt about it. Lamar Jackson walked out of there as the MVP after all the hate that they got. Now, after the game, Lamar was asked about Mike Florio's comments, which, again, were just very aggressive and disrespectful for no reason. And Lamar Jackson said, quote, we're in the NFL. We play ball. Not to take away from that team, but you can't discredit us. We're grown men. We have to feed our families. Mike Florio can have his opinion, but don't just talk like that. That's disrespectful. That's very disrespectful. Not to take away from the 49ers at all because they're great all across the board. But we're going to have to come to play as well. A record isn't a fluke. We play ball and we showed that. He just needs to keep doing his job, but don't come off like that towards us. That's disrespectful. Like I said, because he isn't putting the pads on. If he was putting the pads on, I feel like it would be, a different, it would be different for him. You wouldn't say that. You'd be respectful. I say that to say this. We're respectful to our opponents. Our opponents are respectful to us. But a guy who's not even playing against us and just coming out and being disrespectful, I guess he wanted more views on his little channel. We're going to leave it at that. He went scorched earth. And again, <laughs> I loved it and I don't blame him. And he should have, because I think with national media talking with media, media in general, you you say stuff to about these athletes, to these athletes, you question their work ethic. Sometimes you question this, that, and the other, and athletes get some pushback. Sometimes if they say stuff, there, there is a very fine line. I think for athletes, I think it's wrong that there is, I think athletes should be allowed to speak their mind and not say, Oh, well, he's being unprofessional, this, that, and the other. Lamar should be able to speak his mind just like any other athlete should be able to speak his mind. He should be able to clap back in disrespect just like any other athlete should be able to and not have to face the backlash for it. Lamar's not getting backlash for this or anything. And after he did that, he ended up tweeting, uh, well, Ro I think it was Delshawn Phillips. Delshawn Phillips tweeted the clip. Roquan Smith put it on a story. The Ravens put the clip on their Twitter. And Lamar quote tweeted that with the Conor McGregor clip of who the bleep is that guy? <laughs> you know, who, who the F is that guy is what it was. So, and that you see after the game, too, the, the dub cam, he was calling him Mike Flores heading into the locker room. And again, it's just something where they got disrespected so much throughout the week was brought to their attention. And there was just no reason for it. All the talk with San Francisco is going to blow out Baltimore. Baltimore has no chance. San Francisco is the best team. Brock Purdy's a better quarterback, this, that, and the other. But there was no reason to pick against them in terms of, oh, well, they, they're on a tough losing streak or they've lost all their players to injury or they're a 3-11 and football team. The Ravens were the best team in the AFC coming into this. 
And you could have argued they're the best team in the NFL, depending on, you know, how you viewed San Fran and Baltimore. Baltimore walked out of there again with a win, and Mike Florio ran away with his tail between his legs. He was apologizing on Twitter. He was saying the Ravens are going to absolutely destroy the Dolphins this upcoming week. I think that he he didn't want he didn't anticipate I guess the attention it got because Ryan Mink who works for the Ravens tweeted it or he he quote tweeted it it got his attention and Mike Florio was like oh you don't need no, you don't need motivation for me or else you've already lost and I, I think that was him kind of trying to say oh shoot I really hope the players don't see this and look he got everything that was coming to him and it's not just Florio I mean again it's more national media disrespect that the Ravens have gotten. I'm sure the tune today will be very different. Shannon Sharp and Chad Ochocinco already did their show at the time I'm, I'm recording this. And Chad Ochocinco is saying Lamar is the MVP. Shannon Sharp saying yes, that this time he is. But we know Shannon Sharp has had some run-ins with being a, a Ravens hater for some people. So at this point, Lamar, I'm sure he's, he's fed up and tired of it. But I think that, look, what he was saying is you're allowed to have your opinion. Right. But don't be disrespectful about it out of nowhere. Don't just come come talking crazy like that. You're allowed to think one thing or allowed to think another thing. But I think the way that it was phrased was just so weird and came out of nowhere here. So I think it was absolutely deserved. I think this was awesome from Lamar. You don't really see Lamar act like that either. Lamar is a very, you know, he's, he's not outspoken, you know, very kind, humble, respectful. And I'm not saying Lamar, you know, was mean in this whole thing or was like disrespectful. I, I think Lamar was in the right. Like, I'm not saying Lamar, oh, because Lamar did this. He's not humble or he's not nice or respectful. Yes, he is all of those things still. That has not changed about him. But when there's something he doesn't like and he wants to speak out about it, he should absolutely be able to. And he did it in a way where he's saying, look, don't try me like that. If you were out here in my position, if you had those pads on, you wouldn't be talking like that instead of sitting behind a microphone. You know, people who have played the game versus hasn't. You know, I, I haven't played the game. I don't know, you know, everything Lamar knows about playing football because I haven't been in those shoes. So I don't come on here and say, oh, well, I'm better than Lamar because I've done this. I haven't done it. I don't think I'm better than Lamar, right? It's these things where it's, I think it's just common sense. And again, we know it's, it's a click thing and a national media thing and kind of having debates back and forth. And the thing that caught my attention, I can't remember who said it, but for media in general, right, national, local, whatever, sometimes for the most attention, there has to be debate. There has to be disagreement. There has to be one person saying one thing and another person saying another thing. And sometimes the, the clicks are the arguments and the disrespectful opinions. So Mike Fleur got what was coming to him and Lamar put him in his place multiple different times. He definitely heard the disrespect. He took it personally. He went out there and he performed at the highest level against what was the best team in the NFL. Now that is unquestionably the Baltimore Ravens. Coming up though in the second part of the show, we will get into the game a little bit more and talk about how the Ravens did this, how they pulled it off against San Francisco. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on the show. First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And as a weather good tour to the NFL offer, stay hot over on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning five dollars the money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, plus there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So if you were betting on that Ravens and 49ers game, you bet Zay Flowers anytime touchdown. You bet Ravens, you're living large there. FanDuel had a bunch of different props on there. You would have definitely been having a good time on Kyle Hamilton, interception. And I know there was someone multiple people out there probably that made a bunch of money off of the Ravens over on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown, kick off the NFL season. FanDuel was a partner of the NFL. 
We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher still here with you. Thanks so much again for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, follow along, audio form, video form, however you want to watch your shows. One more thing to wrap up the the disrespect and Lamar Jackson, Mike Florio thing. This whole narrative about Lamar Jackson, you know, even dating back a couple years ago, we saw it in this game. It it wasn't made a big deal of, but Lamar got frustrated. I can't remember when it was. I think it was second quarter. Maybe the Ravens had a bird of timeout early. He got really frustrated, right? And, you know, he's kind of yelling at Tyler Linderbaum, and then he pats him on the helmet. Lamar Jackson's passion should not be taken as disrespect. And I saw that a couple of times just pop up on social media throughout the night, more so just in that moment when it happened, like, oh, Lamar's yelling, you know, he bad teammate, this, that, and the other. Lamar is widely known across the league as an awesome teammate, someone who, someone who people want to play with, play for, coach, and – him going on this, I don't want to call, I don't even know what to call it against Mike Florio. I mean, he, he pretty much stood on his business and then he earned the right to go talk about Mike Florio the way he did. Again, in a way where he's saying things like, you know, he's not taken away from the 49ers and he's someone that hasn't put on the pads. He hasn't been in my shoes on the football field, this, that, and the other. But I think he wanted to say a lot more than he did, but he left it in the most respectful way that he could while also saying, hey, don't don't play with me like that. I'm, I'm not going to tolerate that disrespect, as he should not, and as the Ravens should not. So look, if people want to keep disrespecting the Ravens, I'm sure they would honestly love it. You know why? Because I think it feeds them, much like we saw it feed them against San Francisco. The Ravens win 33-19 to in this one. We'll get into the box score stats here quickly, and then we'll get into bigger takeaways from the game. Lamar Jackson, 23 of 35, 252, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Also seven carries for 45 yards. Again, as we've talked about with Lamar for weeks and weeks and months and months, and honestly, the past couple of years, box score stats don't tell the whole story with Lamar. He's someone that makes something out of nothing all the time. And we saw it in this game too, third and 16, half winding down. Ravens want to get into field goal range after Ronnie Stanley has a penalty. What does he do? 31-yard run, juking out guys, escaping a sack. He made multiple plays in prime time to just have you jaw drop, jaw on the floor, ooing and eyeing. And I think as more and more people are watching this happen, you just say to yourself, well, look, box score stats, yeah, it means something. But what else means something? The eye test. What else means something? The impact on winning and actually winning the games. It all comes down into one thing, and we'll get more into this in the final part of the show. I don't want to get too far into it because we will talk about it later. But Lamar did a great job in this one. Now, he did have the one bad decision, in my opinion, of him going into the end zone. Now, the referee tripped him. And I know it's a rule where, again, like referees, the the whole thing with them, if they tip a ball, if they tackle someone, they're immune and everything in the play stands and counts. But it's unfortunate that it happened. Now, I think Lamar should have thrown the ball away earlier in that situation. You just can't back up and back up and back up into the end zone and then put yourself in that situation to begin with. I get he was trying to escape. And look, if we're being honest, Lamar would have escaped from Chase Young if the ref didn't trip him, right? Like, if that disaster doesn't happen, Lamar probably escapes, throws the ball away, and that, and that's that. We're, we're talking about a whole different tune here. Maybe the Ravens win by even more. But Again, backing up and backing up and holding on to the ball like that into the end zone is just something that can't happen. So outside of that play, I thought Lamar played awesome. And again, snatched the MVP out of Brock Purdy's hands right in front of him, which was kind of crazy to talk about. Otherwise, though, the rush, the rushing game for the Ravens, Lamar, again, 745, as I said, Gus Edwards, 9 for 31. 
Justice Hill 10 for 26. Wasn't really an impressive day on the ground for the Ravens. Gus did have the touchdown, but a lot of the Ravens rushes did come later in the game when the game was, again, the Ravens were up by so much. The Ravens put up 13 points in the second quarter and 17 in the third for a 30-7 to run there after trailing 5-3 to at the end of the first. 5-3 to is like a baseball score. I tweeted out at the end of the first quarter. It was San Francisco Giants 5, Baltimore Orioles 3, because 5-3 to is just such a weird football score. But 30-7 to in the second and third quarters combined, the game was kind of over. Not Well, not over, over. But again, the Ravens were trying to run the ball and drain the clock. And the 49ers, in turn, were trying to stack the box and make sure the Ravens couldn't get first downs. So I think that had to do a bit with just game script and why. Again, Gus had 3.4 yards per carry. Justice Hill had 2.6. Receiving Zay Flowers, this was the Zay Flowers show here. 13 targets for Zay. No other player had more than four. He had nine receptions for 72 yards and a touchdown. But guys are making big plays. Isaiah likely had a 34-yard catch, which was awesome. Gus Edwards had a nice 39-yard one, too. Justice Hill caught a ball. For 23 yards, Charlie Kohler for 17, Rashad Bateman for 14. Guys were clicking. Now, there were drops. There were some drops in this game. Zay Flowers had a couple. Bateman had one. I, I can't remember if anybody else had one. I know those two definitely did. But outside of the drops, I do think overall it was a solid day. And I want to give a shout-out to the offensive line. I did this on the live stream again. Be sure to check out the live stream. It was, it was electric in there. We had a lot of people tuning in. And if you want to engage in the chat and the live streams, again, be sure to check those out after every Ravens game. But – I said the Ravens offensive line deserves some love because of the fact that, again, outside of some sacks, outside of some penalties, Lamar had a lot of time to throw. I thought Ronnie Stanley had a much better week than we've seen from him maybe in the past month or so. Morgan Moses held up, Patrick McCarry and Daniel Filele. That rotation is working really well. And the interior, I thought John Simpson struggled a little bit. Javon Hargrave was one heck of a player. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't expect him to have a perfect sheet against Javon Hargrave, but Again, Tyler Nabom, Kevin Zeitler, those guys are rock solid on the interior right there. So it, it was an impressive game from the offensive line. Defensively, it was really impressive, though. Four interceptions for Brock Purdy. Kyle Hamilton, I think, really saved the game script for the Ravens. Could have been a lot different if he didn't intercept that first ball where, again, the Ravens kind of get marched down the field on. George Kittle has a couple of huge plays. He ended up finishing with 126 yards on seven receptions. But... Purdy then, Kyle Hamilton kind of baits him into a throw in the end zone. And the Ravens, again, bend but don't break. And then from that play on, Brock Purdy, to me at least, I thought he was playing scared. I thought he was playing rattled. And I think that it just got worse and worse and worse for him as the game went on. And he was shaking in his boots against that Ravens defense from that point on. Roquan Smith, Marcus Williams, Patrick Queen are leading tacklers. Roquan with eight, Marcus Williams and Patrick Queen with seven. I mentioned Hamilton had the one interception. He actually had two in this game. Marlon had an interception and Patrick Queen. The Ravens were just running a tip drill out there. They were batting the ball in the air, and other guys were coming down with it. It was the definition of teamwork. The cool thing about how this defensive performance went is that the Ravens were kind of getting the turnovers and interceptions in the first half, and then in the second half, it was kind of getting sacks to close out the game. Marcus Williams had the interception to round out the game on Sam Darnold, so that was cool. And, yeah, it was great, and Baltimore – put it to San Francisco in their building. They dominated them from start to finish, essentially. And there's no doubt in my mind that they're the best team in the NFL and they should not be scared of anybody here moving forward. Not that they're going to win every single game left. I mean, again, you got to take it one game at a time. I'm not, I'm trying not trying to count chickens before they hatch or anything, but Baltimore should not be scared of anybody. They should not be underdogs, honestly, for the rest of the season and playoffs, however far they go. Coming up, though, in the final part of the show, we will get back into that Lamar MVP conversation. 
and get into the why he's the MVP a little bit more. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on the show. First, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. And for me, I've had plenty of frustrating ticket buying experiences. Sometimes I wasn't sure if the seats were good. Sometimes I couldn't find last minute tickets. Other times there were just no good deals at all. We shouldn't even have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event because Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events. New to get a last minute deal is all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Plus, on the Game Time app, there are plenty of events, especially in the Baltimore area. The Ravens are done with their away games this year. They now have two games at MT Max Stadium Miami in week 17, Pittsburgh in week 18. Be sure to check out Game Time for deals on those tickets. Plus, the Game Time app has a bunch of good things on it, like last minute tickets, flash deals. And zone deals plus game time is only ticketing app that gives you the complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can buy tickets in seconds with two taps, and they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on your tickets with zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks seats for an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time down the game time app. Create an account and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code locked on NFL, spelled L O S T K E D O N NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. That's been the tickets lowest price guaranteed. We're back rounding out Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker talking with you after the Ravens' dominant Week 16 win over the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas night. Again, I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. I, I, had, I had a good one. I got to watch the, my Denver Nuggets win against the Golden State Warriors. Then I had to spend some time with some family. Of course, that was great. And then the Ravens, they, they capped it off with that great win. You should have subscribed here to our channel on YouTube and in audio form wherever you get your shows on any podcasting platform. You can catch us Monday through Friday for consistent episodes. Again, we did an episode on Christmas. We do episodes on Thanksgiving, holidays. Does not matter. Five days a week here on Locked on Ravens. This is episode 1147 consecutively for me here. Really appreciate the support. We've built a ton of great communities in audio form, video form, social media. I'm looking to continue to grow also. I, I appreciate everybody who's been along for the ride, whether you're in every day or it's your first time in here somewhere in the middle. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's talk about Lamar being the MVP though, because look, we are not to the award yet. Lamar does not have the MVP trophy in hand. But this game of any, we talked about it all week. Everybody talked about it all week. Lamar versus Brock Purdy for the MVP. One guy beats the other. One guy puts on a dominant performance. The other guy falters. That guy's going to win. And guess what happened? Lamar Jackson's team dominated from start to finish. Lamar Jackson had multiple highlight plays. Lamar Jackson did everything in his power to roll that team to a winning and take advantage of the defensive opportunities. I guess rounding out the stats from the game, just some team stats very quickly here. The Ravens went three of six in the red zone. So again, not a crazy, not a crazy percentage, only 50, but they still three touchdowns with this defense. I'm, I'm taking that 10 times out of 10. Baltimore had six penalties for 67 yards. San Francisco 10 for 102. They held the ball. The Ravens did it for 31-14. San Francisco 28-46. But again, I talked about this on the live stream. The difference in the shift of mentality from this year's offense to from last year's offense is pretty significant. Because again, what was the Ravens MO under Greg Roman? It was, oh, we're going to make sure we hold the ball for 8, 9, 10. 11, 12 minutes and just suck the life out of the clock and be efficient and score. But this year it's, oh, we can go seven plays in 75 yards in, you know, three minutes. We can go eight plays in 83 yards in two minutes and 59 seconds, right? They're efficient and they're timely. And with that defense, they don't have to worry, oh, well, is the defense going to let it up? That defense has been solid all year long. But for Lamar and the MVP, 
just some stuff we've talked about over the past week or so here. If you've missed those episodes, there's a lot of in-depth MVP conversation there. And it's, it's all relevant now because Lamar, to me, is the MVP. But with Brock Purdy throwing four interceptions in this game, looking rattled and scared all night, and Lamar looking cool, calm, collected, decisive, right, making these plays, Lamar took it. He took it from Brock Purdy, and there's no question. And plus, you talk about, oh, well, what about the passing touchdowns? What about the passing yards? That stuff matters to an extent, right? Sure, sure, it matters. I think that there are things that you take away from this game, but I don't think it's, oh, well, oh, Lamar only had 252 passing yards, so he's disqualified from the MVP because he didn't throw for 400 to throw for 300 plus. That's not how it works. Obviously, you have to have some semblance of passing yards and passing touchdowns. You can't just have like a thousand yards and say, oh, okay, that's fine. Lamar doesn't have that. But Lamar does so many other things that help his MVP case, such as the highlight plays and the eye test. The eye test is a big thing because Lamar's impact on winning is so, so big. And it means so, so much to them where, again, I've said this many times before. If you're an everyday, you've definitely heard me say it recently. The three words, most valuable player. Lamar Jackson is the most valuable player in the NFL. And he would win that award every single season, to be completely honest with you. Because we've seen the Ravens with Lamar first without him. And the Ravens, their ceiling is raised significantly and right in their floor is raised significantly when he is on the field for them. Without him, they're a completely different team. What happened when Brock Purdy went out, right? He got injured. He went out. Uh, some people call it a benching. But what happened? Sam Darnold comes in. He leads the 49ers down the field. On He scores a touchdown, right? He has a, more than Brock Purdy did. Sam Darnold had a touchdown. Brock Purdy had no touchdowns. If Lamar Jackson left this game against San Francisco and Tyler Huntley came in, the offense, it would just drop. It, no disrespect. I'm not trying to disrespect Tyler Huntley. But – the way that Lamar Jackson operates, the way that defenses have to account, I've heard broadcasts say it many, many times. With Lamar, you're not playing 10 on 11. With Lamar, you're playing 11 on 11 because he accounts. He, he's not just a quarterback, oh, he hands the ball off and he, he's obsolete for the rest of the play, or he throws the ball and you know that's it, he only throws in the pocket. He's a great pocket passer. He can work outside. He can throw outside the numbers. He can throw in the middle of the field. He can make highlight plays with his arm with his legs. He is the complete package, and he hasn't had one of those stinker games. And I think recency bias is also a big factor in this because you can talk about the MVP in the NBA, for example, with Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid went on a tear at the end of the season last year when I think it was still up for debate whether it was Jokic or Embiid. And Embiid had the head-to-head record, first of all. Embiid beat Jokic in, in Philly and then didn't play in Denver. But Embiid went on a tear at the end of the season. Jokic kind of was just you know, going through the motions and not really putting up big numbers. That was partially what decided it. Dak Prescott had a stinker game a couple weeks ago. Brock Purdy had his this week. I don't think two was in the conversation. You could argue McCaffrey's still there. You could argue Tyree Kill is still there. Josh Allen's played really well recently. But it is about the end of the season push. And there is more weight, I think, on what happens at the end of the year. This is not a good example at all. I'm admitting it's not. But Lamar was the MVP last year for the first three weeks of the season. But what happened? He gets injured, and obviously he's out of contention. If Lamar had a stretch of three great games early this year, and then he had like eh, meh games to end the year, and then another candidate really came on strong, and like, like Josh Allen, for example, right? Allen's playing great. If Lamar was winning, but his stats were like eh, and the eye test was like eh, People would probably vote for Josh Allen, 
because, oh, he's winning all these games and he's, he's looking cool doing it, this, that, and the other. Lamar's looking awesome doing it. Lamar has the eye test alert. He has the skill alert. He has everything going for him. And to me, he has blown the conversation out of the water. So you're looking right now, again, nothing's happened. He doesn't have the MVP trophy in hand, but if I were, if I were betting here, if I were on FanDuel, I would probably put in that MVP odds in Lamar's favor. I know that he is currently favored and I think it will probably stay that way for the rest of this season. That's all I have for you here today though on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in and be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form. We'll be right back here tomorrow with more Ravens content, fully talking about Lamar's MVP in that conversation, diving in even more detail, plus obviously continuing to recap the Ravens and 49ers games. So be sure to stay tuned. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On Ravens.